0: Welcome to another episode of Ambitious. This is a podcast where I am and talk about things that matter to me and to you. Also, sometimes I talk about videography, photography, business, entrepreneurship, motherhood, some tips and tricks, and other ambitious topics. Today's episode is extremely special to me because... I have a woman here with me named Natalie. <laughs> Say hi, Natalie. Hi. 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 So, Natalie and I met, let's see, on Instagram. That's a kind of a common theme with, besides my family, but like people who I interview, is people who I meet on Instagram. So, Natalie and I met, well, she's been stalking me for a while now.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's a, a great way to let <laughs> me into that picture there. I'm a stalker. JK. That's what I do.
0: So yeah, Natalie, we discovered each other on Instagram and we started just, you know, how Instagram works. You just interact with each other. And it wasn't until like June of 2018 that we like really started to connect and say like, hey, some of the comments that she left on my...
1: Your boots are ugly.
0: <laughs> it was about my boot. Okay. It's the, the specific <laughs> thing. I was traveling to Oregon... And in the, you know, the Portland uh, carpet in the airport is like famous or whatever.
1: I don't know that, but oh. I do know.
0: Well, it's like famous carpet in the Portland airport. So I took a picture of the carpet when my feet were in the picture. And and I said, guess where I am? PDX airport or whatever. And then Natalie commented on She said, those boots look like something my dad would wear. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it just made me laugh. So we just kind of just sparked a friendship from there. Just real casual
1: i'm pretty sarcastic i think
0: quite quite sarcastic
1: it's sort of a chandler from friends defense mechanism oh yeah yeah
0: i can see that so yeah we've become pretty good friends and this is our first time like ever hanging out uh in person so welcome to me in person (laughs) 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 we're actually in los angeles and recording this podcast from my compound so yes. exciting.
1: Even though I've lived in Southern California for the v- majority of my life, um, this is probably the most Los Angeles I've ever been in this compound that you're staying in.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was born in Sacramento and I have traveled. All of my family vacations were always back down to California. Uh, but this is the most Los Angeles I've ever gotten as well. So it's pretty exciting. Pretty uh <laughs> Yeah, ambitious. i, I, I got to lock my door. Yeah. Yeah. Ambitious. <laughs> okay. So, Natalie, you, the reason I wanted to have you on today is because, first of all, you're a photographer, you're a mother, and you're an ambitious human being. The more I got to know you, the more I felt like um, I, I really liked just your, your lifestyle, how you balance your photography life with your family life, and... I I was thinking that it'd be really cool for you to like share some of your insights into that, how you balance that life, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Is there anything that you want to share about yourself first? (laughs) I want to give you the floor. Like, do you need to say anything? I'm, (laughs) I'm jumping the gun here.
1: Um, I'm one of those listen and then speak types of people. Uh, but, and just in a sense of clarity beyond the stalker comment, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) Um, One of the reasons I think that did help us connect in our friendship is the fact that we are both photographers and we appreciated each other's work that we were posting and presenting. Instagram has become such a a quick click location for people where stories are driving the driving force in Instagram now versus the actual art and photography. So it seems few and far in between now where Real photographers are finding other real photographers and connecting with them on a personal level, which is what Instagram's whole purpose was years ago. That was something we found common ground in appreciating each other's work and then finding that our personalities and humor were very similar along the way and were able to connect.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree. And I would add to that that I, I think our styles are very different as well. Like mm-hmm. you you use focus pretty much pretty heavily on portraits, (laughs) portrait work and family work and taking pictures of senior photos for high school students and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. family photos. In fact, you're doing a shoot tomorrow.
1: I am. I'm doing an engagement shoot tomorrow and I've kind of always emphasized that I'm drawn away from doing things like weddings, but I love couples. I love the intimacy of photography and capturing people. Mm -hmm. I'm not, um, landscape photography is not my strength, I would say. Um, and it's interesting to see where things always shift and change because I was so adamant that I was going to take photos of um, more couples and adults and it's turned into just I have a teenage daughter and a lot of my work started coming in from working with other teenage uh, girls even more so than the boys and the feedback that I got from really giving these girls a day where they feel beautiful and confident Mm -hmm. has been just growing and growing where these girls want to spend that time with me and gain so much more than just photos of themselves. They're Mm -hmm. gaining a sense of confidence and beauty. And so that's where it's been taking me. and, And it's really, really nice.
0: Your and my work is quite different. And I agree with you that Instagram has kind of gone away from the building of relationships and, and actually appreciating the art and making connections. And so whenever that shows its face to me on Instagram, I really jump on that, Um, which is why last year, at the beginning of last year, I think I did that Monument Valley trip where I had a bunch of creators all meet up. Like I'm always trying to make connections. And so even though our, like I said, our, our style and even the types of photography we do may be different we can you and I were still able to appreciate each other's work and to broaden each other's horizons and I mean I I always feel like you're very you complimented my work a lot which always made me feel really good so yeah so thanks thanks for that thanks for being my friend
1: (laughs) you have incredible work and more and more people are seeing that acknowledging every day your creativity and and what you capture in your art is um really amazing sorry i'm gonna now hold the microphone close to
0: my mouth okay (laughs) you're good
1: um so yeah i i missed what instagram was so many years ago i even left instagram for a while and came back to it oh really because i think that that's what it was for was artists connecting with other artists and appreciating yeah each other's um what we bring to the table because every artist is very different
0: yeah So, have you always been a photographer?
1: I have done it for like 13 years.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Uh, Yeah, Um, but always on the side. Always Mm. something on the side. It was a hobby. It started off as a hobby. I didn't go to school for it. Mm. Um, I still obviously have a lot to learn from even just the technology of my camera to... That's
0: crazy. I thought you hadn't been doing it for so long because you always ask me so many questions. And I have not been doing photography as long as you.
1: I feel like I go into it with the fact that it is always, there's always a chance to learn more. Where I probably um, get lazy is understanding the inner workings of my actual tool piece, like the camera itself. The technical side? Yeah, I focus more on what my eye sees and honing in on that and training my eye from light to color to framing to, Mm. um, you know... All the different rules that come with that and learning about that versus that the technology part and so that's where i feel like i need to learn more because now cameras are expanding and growing and that's
0: interesting because you and i have had conversations about like why i shoot sony and why you shoot canon Mm -hmm. and just like how you've asked me like do you feel like you lose a sense of of like that connection or or anything with the subject that you're shooting because You're not seeing like exactly what the lens is seeing. You're seeing what the sensor sees. And it's interesting. You're one of the only people that really, uh, well, I guess one of the only females that like asks me a lot of like technical things. Yeah. I find that to be just like a a common trend among female photographers. And I actually interviewed my friend Erin the other day who's kind of said similar things. She's like, I just don't really care that much about the technical side. So I've just noticed that be kind of a theme, except for with you, you've, you kind of do take a little bit more of an interest in the technical side of it.
1: It matters to me and it's it matters more and more every day because I see, um, just like all technology, I see it expanding at a very rapid rate and yeah. I feel that now it is going to be necessary to keep up with that knowledge. Um, if I'm going to continue to grow in the industry.
0: Wow. That is incredibly ambitious. <laughs> it's very entrepreneurial of you. You have a very entrepreneurial mindset. I try. That's what stood out to me in that sentence. Like that you recognize that that's something that's coming and you're not, you're afraid of like falling behind. You recognize you have to keep up with it as it moves and evolves.
1: Oh yeah. It's, it's necessary. I mean, evolving is what we do every single day in every aspect of our lives. So we can choose to yeah. either work against it or go with it.
0: That makes me think you'd be a cool mom. Are you like a cool mom? <laughs> like the hip cool mom? Like- you'd have to ask my kids that <laughs> question. <laughs> but would you define yourself as the cool mom? Like you try to connect <laughs> With your kids on their level. Right. Yeah, I, walk around, I
1: give them the uh, the faux margaritas and wear very tight tank tops around the house.
0: <laughs> you like fist bump with your kids and stuff?
1: <laughs> and the slang and lingo that um, I clearly am not up on. I'm reminded every day by my daughter that I know nothing mom, about what...
0: just stop. You're not very cool, mom. No. Just, yeah. just stop. Yeah. Well, it's part of aging. Mm-hmm. You, can't be, you can't be your daughter's best friend.
1: No, in fact, that is a rule that I've given to her from the day she was in preteen phase is that I'm mm. mom first and friend second.
0: Oh, like that, that was something you actually said. It's
1: something I actually said. She huh. needed to understand or I believed she needed to understand that because as I've learned in the teenage phase, my eldest is a teen, mm-hmm. is that. They have this tendency to kind of blur those lines a little bit when yeah. they find their independence They want you to embrace that independence and it is oh. important to do so but when you're trying to do it on their terms, they view that as friendship like, oh, you know, my other friends do this and You know, so I want to do it too. You should just know that and take that on and there's needs to be structure and boundaries still maintained So
0: I think that's a, a very firm uh, it- not firm, but just like a, a clear line you have to draw in the sand with your kids to make sure that they understand what kind of a role you play in their life.
1: Well, I think to not make it overly complex, it's it's um, I thought that at first is that there has to be a clear line in the sand, but there really can't be um, exactly that, that line that you just draw and then mm. expect them to follow it at that same pace because they're uh. discovering themselves. And so something that I've learned, and I wish I kind of knew this a bit more going into it, which how can we um, first timers know that, especially with the oldest, is um, instead of maintaining a sense of boundary and structure, where the child that you knew up until preteen even suddenly becomes a different child because they're Mm. becoming a different person they're figuring out who they are they need to do that within the confines of the box you already created around them Um, or you know the the lines that you tend to draw and think that they're just going to adhere to that but it's a different understanding now they're viewing it from a perspective that is of their own they're now creating so the idea i think that i've learned has been working better is to create boundaries and structure around them being themselves so giving her the opportunity and now my son as he's doing entering into that phase where he can say this is who I am I'm figuring who that is and it might change a little bit and I might change my mind but I still want to be who I am and I can say okay I see those but through my life experience there needs to be these structures here with your self-discovery I'll create the boundaries around that so you don't lose sight of who you are and who you're going to become.
0: Gosh, I'm just such a novice in all this. <laughs> you sound like you know what you're talking about. Well. I just, all I want to do is agree. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me, Natalie. <laughs> High five. <laughs>
1: it, it, it's been a very long process. Yeah. And I'm not to say that what I'm saying is, is the end all be all. Right. But it, it's something that I've found works
0: to kind of so to kind of shift gears back to what we were talking about a second ago uh your photography um you, you said it's been a kind of a your side hobby your side hustle have you have you been making money with it for the past 13 years or was it just just strictly a hobby
1: it started off as a hobby um and then eventually i would charge people um depending on what they were asking for if it suddenly they an event would come my way um a small family party or i have i'm half hispanic um um chilean and so uh on the hispanic side actually a small family party is not really small they actually have a lot of we have people over and it's a lot of people and, and they love we love our family parties and um and they like yeah. they certainly like to capture those memories as well and they make it a full event our you know backyard would be tables rented and you know Mm -hmm. bands coming in and Mm -hmm. yeah i know how it goes yeah and so um you know and then those family members or then cousins i've got a number of cousins on both sides of the family and stuff um they would tell other people and I would go and, and do some of those events for them. Just and little little gigs. Little things like up. that, yeah.
0: So you're just kind of practicing your skills, getting better and better?
1: Yeah, eventually a friend of mine asked me to do her wedding in Catalina. And that mm. was probably the first real big thing where I felt like I have wow. real responsibility to do <laughs> a badass, <laughs> can I say ass? Sure, bat, you can say ass. Yes. Badass job <laughs> on this to give really give them something special. And <laughs> yeah. that I think is what was a turning point of sparking how much I loved doing it. Their That's reaction cool. to that.
0: What was, so if if photography was your side hustle, what was your main hustle? Were you nine to five or were you just Mm. a full-time mom? Yes,
1: I've worked nine to five jobs since I was, uh, well, I wasn't working nine to five at 15 and 14 and 13, but I was, I've always had a job um, from, I'm going to date myself when I say this, but my, when I first job nineteen thirties Blockbuster Video, for those of you who know what Blockbuster Video (laughs) is, I worked there. Um, I've been working since I was like 13 and a half. I had to get a work permit and actually be able to make that happen so that I can mm. earn money and, and be independent, um, and have income. So, uh, I've worked my way all the way through up until the last, um, I'm going in my third year now of trying to pursue photography full time. Oh, cool.
0: Yeah. Three years. Three years. That's awesome. So how do you balance your, like, okay so to back up when you were doing your nine to five jobs with kids how did you balance that work home life Hmm. because that's an ambitious thing to do
1: i think being ocd had a little bit of help there where it's not a flaw
0: well what about those of us who aren't (laughs) ocd
1: creating a routine was very helpful for myself and for the kids um if that routine was there um it was almost giving us the window to know where we could be flexible and mm. where flexibility was, there wasn't room for it. Mm. Um It gave the kids the ability to know where they could thrive and where they needed to take responsibility themselves. So I would say that, you know, that was the biggest element of finding that balance is creating routine that worked for all of us um, along with mm. strong communication.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I, the, I can't like... I can't really place myself into your shoes because I've never been a mother, but I can I can look at it from the outside perspective of what my mom did. And she went back to school when she was in her 40s to get a teaching degree, and she still had two kids at home. So similar to your situation, um, and she struggled finding that balance, I think um, that it, it does take a long time to learn that. And I think that she's still learning, but I think that r- what you just said, routine, is what really it helps everybody to have some kind of an understanding. Just and then you know communication, but that routine I think is what really saved them. Yeah. And yeah. my brother has had, had my youngest brother. He's had to become very independent. Like he rides the city bus home sometimes. Mm-hmm. He's in middle school. Yeah. And he takes his scooter to school. My dad drops him off, and then he'll he'll legitimately ride the city bus home because he lives outside <clears> of the like school boundary where the school bus doesn't go. So he just pops on the city bus and my mom loads his phone with money and he just taps on and taps off or whatever. It's pretty cool. Like he's just routine and he's independent. I think it's pretty cool.
1: It's neat how your mom, I love your mom, by the way. Oh yeah, um, Natalie knows, knows my mom.
0: They're, yes, she's amazing.
1: You're an amazing woman. Um, <laughs> Shout out to mom.
0: <clears throat> What's up mom? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I think like that is, It hits a point in the sense of of where flexibility and flow come into play within your routine and how absolutely necessary that is to expand your mind to do that. It's so easy because life is so much more fast paced when you're going to school or working Mm -hmm. and then you're coming home and then you know you have so many hours to give yourself um self-care which is usually the last thing we as moms do we we save that uh, for last yeah. to f- making sure the kids are fed and homework is done and all of those things and mm-hmm. you lose sight of remembering that flow I need, and I need flexibility too. <laughs> <We> need love. <laughs> well that too but mainly just having that mindset of you know what this evening something went awry it threw us off you either flow with it or against it yeah um And more often than not, we as women, especially, we we tend to go against the grain, you know, because, or we fight it in a way, because it's not what we know, it's not what we've created, it's not what we've rolled up our sleeves to do. Mm. And so it almost becomes innate to not flow with it. And so, um, you know, even something like, you know, having your kids take the bus, when maybe that wasn't something you really wanted to do, or you worry about them and their safety. And, you know... Obviously, for me, trusting and having faith is absolutely important in all of that as well, that they're going to be okay and everything is there yeah. for you. But um, being able to find that balance of flexibility in all of that, it requires flexibility to place your child Adaptation. on the bus. Yeah, and, and to go to school.
0: Yeah. It takes a lot of sacrifice, I think, too, you know, just to do that, pull mm-hmm. the trigger. Which is leads me to my next question. What made you want to, I guess... So I would think that running your own business, being a photographer, working for yourself is harder or takes more work than just having a a typical nine to five job. And so did you just feel like and and you made that transition, you went from a nine to five job to working for yourself, correct, for the last three years? Yeah. So did you just feel like you had your home life nailed down routine? I mean, your OCD. So did you have like just nailed down that everything is dialed and so you're like okay now i can take on absolutely not (laughs) so yeah that's like you you decided to take on more what what inspired that what made you want to do that
1: it actually you know the the cliche thing of people uh, a lot of people people said to me up front was oh you get to be at home now you know you get to kind of do what you want to do and um it's 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 not in fact more structure was necessary um, along with more flexibility, because you know, with the nine to five, y- yeah, there's we could speak all day long about the stress that comes with going to someone else's job. But when you're at home, if you don't create um, priorities for yourself and you know, create more structure, you are now your own boss while still now being an authoritative figure to your children, yeah. maybe being a good partner, if, you know, if you have a partner, if you're married or, you know, and all of that, finding that balance becomes even more effort, um, more thought, I should say, put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, on a Literally on a daily basis, not yeah. just a broad scheme.
0: So you're saying that you can't just like, okay, now I'm done with my photo shoot or my work that I've done for myself now I can just go home and chill
1: absolutely not no (laughs) (laughs) that would be nice
0: (laughs) home life isn't really a chill is it
1: no I mean there's so much to maintain and you know all the logistics that we can cover all day you know but I think one of the points that um I wanted to kind of make in all of this too is is bringing to other people the thought process of embracing and accepting how how difficult life can be and being okay with things just being okay creating priorities for yourself and understanding that those priorities are yours mm. they're your mindset it's what your our priorities become our goals our priorities become our passion it's what we live by they're our standards Mm -hmm. and remembering that they're yours and yours alone doesn't mean that you're not considering the people in your home it doesn't mean that you are um being irresponsible in any sense of the word Mm -hmm. um so just fully accepting those
0: gosh should i be taking notes (laughs) should i be recording this (laughs) so if you could lay these out these these tips these um life hacks I guess and like a list (laughs) say like five (laughs) (laughs) read them out to us make it plain and simple okay to us uh, lower human beings oh my goodness who have a harder harder time with (laughs) (laughs) so give us give us your list of of five things five I guess tips and tricks that we could learn from to balance this work and home life which is quite ambitious by the way
1: um I mean, the things that have worked for me. Just, I've I've gone through all walks of of what life can bring you, from being a single parent to uh, working in an office um, or even in a restaurant, having different types of jobs and working or a my way, yeah, Or getting free movies, um, <laughs> working my way up and learning what that meant, self discovery to you know having children and all of that, and so just arriving at. At having this mindset because that's really mindfulness is probably the biggest word I would say more than anything else mm. um, bringing yourself to a place where it may sound a little bit loony but you're actually talking to yourself and being mindful of every thought and every emotion that you're feeling and being able to process that and allowing yourself to process that so
0: yeah, if it works I'm down with being loony
1: loony tuny. <laughs> Flexibility and flow would be the first one. Um, for someone like myself, who is OCD, I do have I do struggle with that um, to an extreme. Even shaking somebody's hand, I'm screaming inside. Germaphobe. or because I didn't shake it the right way. I need to because <laughs> I'm feeling like I need to wash my hands almost um. immediately, uh, and so. I've had it's become a a very big hurdle for me to understand what flexibility actually means, and then being mindful of that every day, even reminding myself of that. Okay. Um. Setting the priorities for myself as well, um, and remembering that those priorities are for me, and within those priorities, I am considering the other people in my life, but they are my priorities. And really embracing that without feeling guilt, without feeling bad about any of that. It gave me and gives me the um, mindfulness to then put them into place with joy each day, even when it's hard, because I know that they're the ones that I created in my in my mind.
0: Those priorities. Yeah. I think that something that I heard the other day was uh, and this is not like it wasn't the same arena, but it was a workout video. And this guy was uh he was like talking about his routine his workout routine and he was like yeah it's hard and it sucks but like i chose it i chose this and this is my priority and so i'm gonna do it i'm gonna follow through mm-hmm. so he had his priority he recognized that it was hard but he, he owned that decision recognized that it was his choice yeah and so he was okay with it yeah that's popped into my head
1: no it's absolutely correct it's uh, it boils back to that word again of just mindfulness and and really embracing that that is yours yeah. and recognizing that you know there is a difference between somebody who might think oh i'm being selfish or i'm not considering other people or i'm i'm you know trying to please everyone first mm-hmm. and as long as that's done then then i can go about me there's a difference between that and and setting your sights on what is right for you and then implementing that into you, to the lives of those you love
0: beautiful um, so that was two
1: mm-hmm. um communication is everything for me i'm a big word person um i feel that what we say to other people is what is left upon their heart where they go for the rest of the day for the rest of their lives it makes a it, big impact for it sure. makes a massive impact and it is super necessary to learn how to communicate with others because we cannot expect other people to communicate on the level that we think mm-hmm. we're all individuals we receive words differently we hear them differently we process them differently and so being mindful again of what each person um, and their personality needs in order to learn and grow and be encouraged by you and the role you're going to play in their life um, is a huge key element. And, I agree. I mean, and as a mom and then somebody working and running a you know business, I'm dealing with clients.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm dealing with teachers. I'm dealing with a teenager and a younger child and other moms Um, and so many other entrepreneurs, each one of those people receives Mm -hmm. words in a different way. And I cannot go into those conversations, expecting them to just simply adapt to me.
0: I, I feel like that's something that you're very, you have a very, you're good at. You have, that's one of your strengths is communicating. It's something that I've actually turned to you before and asked you for advice because i feel like i in the past have struggled with my professional communication skills and that's something that you've really taught me how to do just your example and with your just yeah i think that's something that you're really good at
1: it's been a it, i think because it's a passion of mine and and it's it's been a lifelong pursuit how to read others and what they need and and then how to verbalize that mm-hmm. yeah um and I think the, the next one or the last one, I think it was just four. Actually, I don't think there was like five of them or whatnot. But okay, that's fine. I think like the biggest one was what I kind of said earlier with being okay, with with just being okay. Because the amount of days of okay is higher than the amount of days where you come home and feel like this was a success. And we get lost with this thought of those okay days are failures. Mm. we get into this pessimistic way of thinking i didn't do this this went wrong here this didn't happen i didn't achieve this and and that's going to happen every single day in some capacity even if it's just dinner dinner became pizza instead of the chicken and rice you wanted to make Mm -hmm. um or you were a few minutes late picking up the kids from school or you know the client didn't fully understand what you said you were going to provide to them. Yeah. It's, you know, those are just okay days and being okay with that is, you know, what's going to keep you going with a positive outlook because every other person on this planet is functioning on that same mind on that same scale. We just, we have these okay days and when we get those days where it is success, we take those as blessings and we keep moving forward.
0: Yeah, if every day had to be perfect, you would never get anything done. You would never, you wouldn't have any self-esteem anymore.
1: For sure. <laughs> but even switching to that thought of of embracing what okay means for you, because everyone's life is, looks a oh, bit yeah. different. Good point. And so, you know, what that looks like for you and resting in that, you know, this is okay and I'm okay and things are provided for and the day is done and tomorrow is new and I'm going to, I'm going to be okay with
0: that. That's beautiful. I think that's something that human beings in general struggle with.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But those are great tips. I think that it's it's, uh, it's amazing how you've been able to balance your your life. I mean, it's incredibly ambitious. The, just the fact that you left something like that you can shake up your routine, a nine-to-five job, kids, and pursue a passion, pursue something that you really wanted to do that started with a hobby, but that became your passion, and now it's your work.
1: Yeah, and I mean, just to be clear there, for me, it's circumstances made it as such that it was more presented to me that way versus an absolute decision that I made. I didn't just wake up from one day to the next and said, I'm doing this full time. do this. I want to shake this up. Yeah, I mean, it yeah, sure. was going on in the back of my mind um, for quite some time, something I wanted to do. But then suddenly, um, it just circumstantially became, this is what's going to happen. Oh. And... Um, and i'm either need to embrace it as scary as it is or again go against the grain of it and fight it.
0: Yeah, sometimes life throws you a curveball and like you said earlier you have to be able to be flexible mm-hmm. and be able to adapt. Yeah. So ambitious. <laughs> That's so cool though. Well, i i mean i appreciate how relatable everything you have said is. It's 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 very relatable. I mean, not me, not to me, because I'm not a mother. Well, it's not just just, just for moms. uh, I know, but I'm (laughs) I'm just being funny. But just the the principle of it, and it, it is relatable. I mean, it's just human lives and and the things we do, what our life looks like at home. I don't have any kids, but I have a dog and I have a wife, and there's things responsibilities I have at home, and like something you said about. You can't just leave your job, come home from your work, and expect to just chill. Like There's still things that have to be done when you get home. And it's important to recognize those priorities and understand that not every day is going to be perfect. And mm-hmm. that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's something that I've been actually working on a lot in my life is um, I feel a lot of guilt when I don't have a perfect day or when I don't, <laughs> for example, like the other day, my wife asked me to thaw some chicken as she, as she does quite often. She said, "Can you thaw some chicken for dinner?" And I said, "Yes." but then when I, when she got home, I had completely forgot, and so she's like, Where, "Where's the chicken?" I'm like, "Oh shoot I, I completely forgot I didn't thaw any of that chicken, <laughs> and I felt immediate guilt, a lot of guilt, and so I, I tried you know to fix it and just we ended up having dominoes which mm, bonus. Was, was great. <laughs> but just I've been working really hard on just recognizing, okay, not every day is going to be perfect. I'm not going to remember everything every day. I'm not going to respond to every email perfectly every single day. I can't always tackle everything perfectly, but uh, I'll just be better next time. And it's okay to have an off day. So that's something that I've been really striving for. And I appreciate you saying that.
1: Yeah. I think having mindfulness as a whole, it- you know, falling into these categories where I listed where it works for me and what I've learned is important and that's all great. But at the end of the day, if you just walk away with understanding that mindfulness uh, as a whole is what's going to benefit you um, and allowing yourself to be mindful. Mindfulness is not something that should feel like effort and work and hard. It's allowing yourself to be who you are Mm -hmm. and um, accepting yourself yourself kind of that self love. So you can properly give love to others and however that looks to you yeah. um, and your circumstances in your life. That's, that's the best way to go about it. I think, or the healthiest, maybe
0: even if being yourself is a Looney tune, you got to talk to yourself.
1: Yeah. Well, weird is, is best. I think. Yeah.
0: Well, that's beautiful. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to say at all? Any other ambitious things in your life that you wanted to <laughs> present to the rest of us? <laughs>
1: um i don't know i don't think so not not off the top of my head
0: well you've given me a lot to process so i i appreciate that yeah Uh, i get a
1: little wordy with my words no (laughs) it's great
0: it's great they're important words to hear uh where do you want people to follow you do you want people to follow your instagram and your work
1: i suppose they can if they'd like uh i'm just uh i'm a, a bit proper on instagram Um, I generally don't use Facebook for my work. It's a more personal platform for me, um, that I don't even frequent that much. But, um, Instagram is business oriented. Um, so if you go on there, my website's on there and you can generally see what I have and I always welcome people who just want to connect. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Like you and I did. Exactly. Follow Natalie on Instagram at a bit proper. She's in love with the British. (laughs) It's pronounced a bit proper.
1: I'm fond of the the UK. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's where half your heart is, right?
1: <laughs> half my soul. Oh.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much Natalie for gracing us with your presence on my podcast. You're you've been a great guest.
1: It's been my pleasure.
0: Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Ambitious. Before you go, I just wanted to say if you enjoyed this podcast thoroughly or even just a tiny bit, please consider giving your support with a monthly donation as low as $1. If you go to anchor.fm slash ambitious with two Ms slash support, you can become a supporter of this podcast. Support from you helps me to interview more people from different places and keep providing you with content that's delicious for your ears. You can give a dollar a month, $5, $10, whatever you choose. And if you do, I, from the bottom of my heart, would feel so incredibly grateful. You can also follow me on Instagram at amoncluff or on Twitter to stay up to date with all the new and exciting ambitious projects I have going on. My website is AmmonClough.com. You can go there to see my pricing, some more of my professional work. I do weddings. I do couples photos. I do single person photos. I do corporate video work, landing videos for small companies. I do a lot. So go check that out if you need something let me know. Be sure to check the show notes for this podcast to see any additional information for this episode. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. It was so great to be in your ear holes. I love you and I'll talk to you again soon.